Amen. But let's read a scripture here. Psalms 127 and the first verse. It's a scripture that we quote quite often. Maybe you didn't know where it was, but it's in Psalms 127 and 1. This is how it goes right here. Amen. Except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. Except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. Except the Lord keep the city, the watchman waketh but in vain. There's so many different directions that we felt pulling us and some of it was the spirit I believe some of it was just my human knowledge of scriptures and and uh, pastoral stuff it just whenever it's just really really hard to settle in uh, on this it's um, I just have a simple thought that I might can just drive home here uh, for a little while in fact it's so simple It'd just be really, really disappointing for some of us Bible scholars probably unless the Spirit moves in. I, I, I even said it to Brother Green in the office. I said, you know, I, I, I just, in so many words, I need help here because we're not gonna get much today, but I can't get away from this scripture except the Lord build the house. I just like to preach about building the house. That could be a type of anything, uh, it could be your marriage. It could be uh, any number of spiritual things that we are trying to get done, trying to get accomplished. And he's just simply saying, if you don't include me, if you don't include God, it's just simply we need to pay attention to that word vain. It means it's just, it just won't mean anything. Just mean nothing, amen, if we don't include God except the Lord keep the city the watchman waketh but in vain amen let's just let's just pray and we're kind of praying for me right now if you don't mind and uh that god would uh, somehow speak through me and help you and bless this message in the name of the lord we are confessing amen our being undone today and not being qualified and confessing our need for help amen just place your hand on us In Jesus' name, let us be anointed. Let us speak the proper, the right thing, amen, that would help your people. Jesus' name, Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. Hallelujah. It's just a simple, simple thought, but it can be, can be very profound, very beneficial, very helpful uh, if we get this. It's like a little thing, easy to, 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 overlook and and just not notice. Obviously, the house needs to be built. In other words, the job needs to be done and completed. And the city needs to be watched over and kept. So there's, I don't think there's a one of us that would would say, well, there's nothing that needs needs done. Everything's taken. No, nobody. There are certain things that we all know without a lecture or without a sermon that there's work to be done in that area. And didn't Jesus say that, you know, the fields are white, but the laborers are few. So, so there's, there's work to be done. I mean, and I've already said it, but this lesson or this sermon, uh, you know, to, to get this, to, to understand it or even accept it, uh, much less comprehend it, it, without the spirit of the Lord to, to, to urge us and to enlighten us, I just feel like it would be literally or virtually impossible. We just can't do it, all right? Our carnal mind will, will reject what I'm about to say. And I'm telling you, uh, I wish the whole church was here. In fact, I'm thinking of one or two that are not here, and I wish they were, because I think this word would probably be just for them. This word of God it is so designed and anointed of God that it will confront you. It will, it will, it will face off with you. Now, it would, nobody will know. Sometimes it's just our inner person that's having this battle with this or that or struggling with this or that. And we don't want to confess that we're fighting with God's truth and God's word, amen, but we are. And that's, that's how 
God's word is designed. That's why people are sitting in the congregation. I heard it again yesterday and they just kind of slide in here and the preacher begins to preach. If there's any unction, if there's any anointing at all, over and over it happens. He knows about me. (laughs) Somebody told him about me. Who was it that's been ratting on me? You know, no, 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 the word, amen, it's so alive and so real and so powerful that it will find you. It'll find where you're living. It will find where you're struggling and battling. It'll give you encouragement, but you have to face off with it. You have to deal with it, but folks run from it. Now, listen, there's a whole you know, group of people who are, seemingly made it in the big time. It's a charismatic movement. And they've, you know, they've preached the old make me feel good uh, about myself all the time. And it does happen. There's, there's messages that will uplift us and encourage us. And we all need that. There's times that I've heard words from people who just lined into me and I'm thinking in my spirit, I really didn't need that right now. And maybe I was right and maybe I was wrong. I I just didn't need that. I needed a word of help and comfort and it's gonna be all right. That's what I felt like I needed then. And I I think I'm somewhat right. But there are times, it can't be that all the time. Sometimes we just have to face the music. Gotta straighten your hide out. Don't worry, it's actually gonna be one of those messages. I don't, you know, I don't intend to to chew you out today, all right? The way I started with the offering a while ago, y'all thought I was. (laughs) Hallelujah. The idea of a person getting more done, I'll jump ahead because I probably didn't do enough homework on this to make it like a masterpiece or something, But, but this is what it's about. The idea of a person getting more done when they are weak than when they are strong. This, this is what conflicts with the you are little gods message. Heard that the other day. That's been going on for quite a while. Do you know that's as new age as you can get? You are, oh, I'm a God. Do you know that's the, one of the first lies that Satan told Adam and Eve in the garden. Why did he do that? Because Satan knows what appeals to the human nature. We all want to be the boss. We all want to be the leader. We all don't nobody we don't want nobody telling us what to do. I'm the head knocker around here. I'm the, we all like that. And so when somebody says, "Guess what? You're powerful. You're full of power." Well, that's true in a sense. But I'm a god. I'm a little god. That's what got Satan in trouble or Lucifer in trouble to start with. I want to be just like him. There's scriptures in here, amen, that I gotta, I don't want to jump ahead too far, amen. This is why the, this is the health, wealth, and good fortune preaching. That's why it's so popular in our day. Because we go into church and we don't ever have to face the music. We can live like a, a devil all week. We can fuss at our wife and scold our husband and, and cuss a little bit. And like I used to say, used to cuss the cat and kick the dog. And then just come to church and feel like we're gonna get a little couple of goosebumps and wait, no, 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 no. I think you gotta live for God on Monday. I, think, I don't think you need to tell lies on Monday. I think Tuesday ought to be a good prayer time. I thought Wednesday Bible, I gotta make it to Wednesday night. Whatever's going on there, I'm gonna be a part of it. But, but you know, just everything's fine. And you remember, we talked about it before. The old message is you're all right, now I'm all right. Let me guess, let me just tell you the truth of that matter. You ain't all right and neither am I. And that's what we're doing here. Because we know we're weak. We know we're undone. We're just a glorified piece of dirt that God breathed into with his mercy and here we are. Amen. And we can't make it without him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Psalm 62 and 11, watch this. 
I mean, I just picked out a few scriptures here and there, might to, to back up what I'm saying. Because somebody says, man, just let these guys go. You know, listen, crowds of people. Didn't Paul talk about people preaching uh, uh, in the last days? You know, they'll be teaching people, uh, you know, what they want to hear. You know, he said, in the last days, men will not endure. Well, there's another word for that. The other one word is won't tolerate or won't put up with sound doctrine. In other words, if it's true, they're like, no, 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 we don't want that. Because you know what, here, every one of us are this way. We all fall in this category. We want something for nothing. Let me tell you how I do this. I've said this, I've talked about this for years. I, I, you know, I feel like I ought to, I'd wear a golf shirt and dockers. That's what I like. I hate ties. I, th- I wish somebody would find some scriptures in the Bible against ties. You know, they just don't say anything about it. It's just kind of the fashion right now. You know, people, do, I'd, I'd like to dress nice for you. I don't want you to bring a guest in here and then be embarrassed about a sloppy, slouchy preacher. That's why I do it. And so when I'm looking for a suit, I hear about a movement that left us here a few years ago. And that they proud. They talk about their $2,500 suits. They, and they're so proud about it. They tell people, like, oh, yeah, $2,500 for that. I got a little discount on it. But, you know, I did get to ask Brother Nugent. I did one of my one of my mentors, one of my main people, I, and I know he's, you know, with a church the size, I know he has no problem with money. And so I just, you know, I just straight out, hey, you, you, what do you pay for your suits? I said, you get up there with that $2,000? He says, I couldn't sleep at night if I did that. I said, Brother Nugent, I'm so thrilled to hear that from you because you could afford any kind of suit you wanted. And I wouldn't be judgmental to you about you, but I, he said, there's just too many needs. There's too many people who don't have groceries, too many people who can't pay the rent. That, that's where I got that from, folks. And so when I, when I start looking at some nice suit, by the way, it looks good on you, Jack. Don't, don't get away from here without I get a picture. <laughs> I, got, I get a picture and get the evidence you got my suit on, my clothes on. <laughs> and my shoes. <laughs> Here's what I do, Brother Johnson. I say, ooh, that's a pretty suit. Ooh, that looked good. But you know what? Before I get to ooh and on and liking the feel of that too much, my hand goes right down the sleeve or under the sleeve, Brother Harv, and I'm like, mm, let me see what the price is on that first. And a lot of time I'm like, mm, okay, thank you very much. That's how you do it, folks. Amen. I, I want to be nice, but I'm not spending all of our money on a suit. We we gotta be wise. We gotta be we gotta be smart. Amen. I've said I said last week. I don't want a Cadillac. Bunch of y'all start getting Cadillacs, and that might decide like you know I me. Mean? I don't see a lot of Cadillacs out in here, and I'm not preaching against that. If you can afford one, go ahead. Don't matter. But me, it's a little bit different. Listen to this. Who has this? It's not me. That's the little God. Not me, that God, 62 and 11. God has spoken once, twice have I heard this. He's kind of confirming this, that power belongeth to God. If, if God does choose, Brother Ruck, to put his hand on us and we become that conduit that the Lord works through and blesses and heals, then we better really, really quickly, amen, make sure that everybody knows where that power originated and where it came from. It's certainly not us. And I'm not sure if that's being done properly nowadays. Hallelujah. So we gotta make sure, amen, we don't need another message that appeals to our carnal nature, but we need truth, even though we do have to face up to it, amen, and deal with it. We need truth in order to get the house built properly. Because let me tell you, folks, we got to get the house. I hope it's on the, on the rock because the wind's coming and the storm's coming sooner or later. And we don't need a house built on the sand. And so let's, this is what we need to talk about. Amen. We need, to be, we need a relevant word to help us with everyday problems of life. That's building the house. That's little foxes, amen. Here's why. When we learn how to fast, when we learn how to pray, hallelujah, and witness, 
and here's a good one. When we get victory over each other, it's almost like nobody says this, oh, I love Jesus, but I can't stand my brother and I can't stand my sister. See, we gotta get there first. We, we gotta get victory over that. Hallelujah. And we start loving one another. How, how could you say that you love God it's what the scripture says. How can you say you love God? You ain't never seen him. And you don't love your, you ain't never seen him and you say you love him and you don't love your brother whom you have seen. Somebody said, that is, that's the problem. <laughs> Depending on how you look at that. Amen. But somehow or other, we gotta, we gotta, the Bible says that, that by this shall all men know that you're my disciples. Because you shout a lot, you talk in tongues a lot, you dress holy, you hold your chin up a little high. No, it's none of that. None of that. He said, because you have love one to another, that's how the world is gonna know that you are a true child of God. That's how they're gonna know. A little more. That's really how a baby sleeps. <laughs> that's, be, that's the honest. But just first off, you think, oh, he's doing wonderful. He sleeps like a baby. That's how some of us act. But we can see right through that. That's what we're all doing here. We get out, somebody said that person got their nose so high up in the air, if they went outside and it rained, they'd drown. <laughs> Put that nose down just a little bit. We know you don't have it all together. Hallelujah. Second Chronicles 12 and 9. And he said unto me, my grace is sufficient for thee. For my strength is made perfect. Second, I said Chronicles, it's Second Corinthians. You got it. Amen. My strength is made perfect, not when we become powerful and not when we're bragging about being a little God, just the opposite. That's the simple part. Amen. It may be, it, it, it may be easier to say than it is to actually gather this in and try to live this. But my strength is made perfect in weakness. And so Paul said, most gladly, therefore, will I rather... Glory in my infirmities. Why? That the power of God may rest upon me. He had a thorn in the flesh that this powerful man prayed for. He said, I prayed three times and God spoke to him finally. It wasn't the answer that he wanted. I'm praying for healing, God. And God said, no, no, my grace is sufficient for you. You just wear that. You just live with that. I'm not gonna heal you. But it ended up being his salvation because if he went on to explain if we don't have these problems in valleys and low places, then, then we, our pride will push us up and we'll really think we're something that we're not. Verse 10, therefore I take pleasure in infirmities. It sounds kind of, you know, kind of weird for a, kind of sadistic almost. You take, you're hurting and you're taking pleasure in that. He knew what it was doing for him. I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in distress. This is not being preached among the great charismatic churches that much. It may be touched every once in a while, but we, get, we gotta get back to how you know, powerful we are, then God owes us something, and if we just do the right thing and pay enough money, in it, then we'll be rich in a little while. Because look how rich I am. That's basically what it is. I'd rather go to Dr. Phil. Same kind of message. Just encouraged. I don't need a gospel, so-called gospel preacher telling me that I'm a God because I know that I'm a rotten, low-down, dirty man that needs help. And I keep showing up in the altar. Hallelujah. And asking God to help. Amen. Persecutions and distress. Hallelujah. It's all right. For when I'm weak, then am I strong. Hallelujah. I mean, some of us are ready to leave the church if somebody gives us a little opposition and don't go along with us. And Hallelujah. Psalms 11, Psalms, Psalm, Psalms 116 and 6. Sorry, Psalms 116 and 6. The writer said, I was brought low and he helped me. It was like it was on purpose that God had a plan. Put him down. Now I can help him. Hallelujah. You know, 
God has always used weak things and little things and insignificant things. Look, look at the scripture. Look at the look at the the, the the whole thing together and just pick out old New Testament. It doesn't matter. And, and look what God did. I think God was trying to say something. He did the he picked these insignificant people. And I've always said this. I believe that when God wanted somebody to do his preaching, teaching, witness, I, I think God walked in the room and, and found the most insignificant, the most unqualified, and a lot of places, a lot of cases, more most ignorant person in the room and picked that one and called that one to preach. That's totally opposite from us. You know, we got to have our credentials right and we got to have, you know, everything's got, no, no, no. God picks the lowest, the worst. And he said, no, I want you to preach. Not me, God, it can't be me. He picked Moses and Moses stuttered. Couldn't speak and was embarrassed about it. I used to have an uncle that would just, they called it a stutter, but really he just hung up. He'd go, it was just, it was embarrassing. And God said, Moses, I want you. I can't do this, God. He already had his shoes off, standing on the holy ground. <laughs> Y'all smiling over there. You're going to be right up here pretty soon, both of you. <laughs> All of you. <laughs> In fact, come on up here now. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm telling you, folks, if we're people of faith, and that's what we claim to be, we're going to say, you know what, God, I can't handle this thing. I, I don't know what to do, amen, but with you, all things are possible. As long as you're with us, amen, you can, you can move the mountain. If I just have a mustard seed faith, amen, you can help us. This is, this is the things all gets done. You know, remember, he said, my glory I will not give to another. We gotta, we gotta, you know, give the credit and the honor, amen, to who it belongs to. In Judges 15 and 15, God used a jawbone from an old donkey that had died, amen, and, and, and rotted away and just his old dried jawbone was over in the dirt and in the sand. Amen, you know the story, amen. There's your, there's your weapon right there. Weird, it wasn't a sword, it wasn't a cannon, an old jawbone that everybody had, no telling how many people had passed by that and ignored that. But when God puts his hand on it, when God puts his blessing and his anointing on a situation, hallelujah. It may be that you're just putting one foot ahead of the other. It may be that you can't see that you're making this great progress, you know, but you just do what you can do and expect God to move in due season, in due time. Amen. Listen, in 1 Samuel 17 and 40, there was five smooth stones. Little, little down in the brook, down around the creek. He's standing and get you some, we're going to take one of them and kill Goliath with it. Hallelujah. And then the others, I don't know, all kind of things, you know, people believe that it might mean. It might mean J-E-S-U-S, -S, five stone. It might have been for those other four brothers that he had. Amen. That was four other giants. It's just the first one right here. It's a stone for each one of them. At least it represented that. Amen. First Kings 17 and 12, a handful of meal and a little oil. Not much. We're just not seeing it happen right here. We're just not having that many get the Holy Ghost. We're not baptizing that many people, you know. It's just a little, little oil, little meal. Gee, uh, in the Old Testament, God told Moses, he said, I'm gonna give you that land that flows with milk and honey, but, but, but you got enemies over there, all right? You got giants and walled cities. He said, little by little, we don't like that part. The charismatic movement doesn't like that. We like, we like something explosive and exciting and we like the miracles when they take place and we, advertise, and we should advertise those, amen. But we don't like the little by little. What that means is like everyday just drudgery. It's nothing exciting about it. It's just everyday life, amen. But he said, you're gonna, you're gonna make some progress. It's not gonna be a lot. It's not gonna seem like it's a lot of progress, but we're gonna get through this thing. The land is gonna belong to you. It's a land of hills and valleys. You're going to have ups and downs. You got some giants along the way. Amen. But guess what? I'm going to be with you and you're going to live in houses that you didn't build. God's going to do some things along the way. You're going to drink out of wells that you didn't dig, eat from vineyards that you didn't plant. There's going to be some blessings for you. 
Amen. But it's not all going to happen overnight. Listen, we pray a prayer around the altar. If God don't come through by tomorrow, then we give up on God like he must have missed it. I'm wondering how many times, how long, well, it was a long time, what, 38 years that the guy laid by the pool, amen, that the angel of the Lord would come down in trouble at certain seasons. He like, like, he missed it. I'm wondering how many times we missed it, Brother Green. You know, like, man, it's just like this thing's coming around. You know, like, man, I just don't have enough faith. I just, you know, and then it's gone. The water's not troubled anymore. And then we have to wait till the next season. I wonder the water troubles when it gets troubled and the spirit gets to moving. I want us to have enough faith, amen, to somehow get in that water, amen, because we need healing, we need blessing, amen, hallelujah, amen. In 1 Kings 8, 18 and 44, it was just a little cloud like a man's hand. They didn't quit praying, the prophet didn't quit praying until at least he got that. But that was an indication to him that was some progress. It wasn't a thunderhead, just a little old, what do you see? I see a little old cloud out over the sea. Hallelujah. Micah 6 and 8, watch this. He has showed me thee, O God, what is good and what doth the Lord require of thee. Simple stuff here. But to do justly and to love mercy, and here's the key word right here, and to walk humbly with thy God. Humility is a word that we really, really need to pay attention to and deal with just a little bit. Again, he didn't just throw that in there just for fun, amen, just to take up space. It's there for a reason. You gotta, I showed you what to do, amen, what is good and what doth the Lord require of thee but to do justly, amen, do the right thing, love mercy and walk humbly with thy God. The true, listen to me closely, the true apostolic revival. It's not more shouting and more praising. Listen, that, that's just a byproduct of a revival. That's not revival. That's our emotions when we realize that, that God promised us something and we lay claim to it by faith. Then we shout and praise and clap and make noise. Amen. But the true, this is what I really believe, the true apostolic revival has its roots in humility. According to Isaiah 57 and 15, humility is a spirit and it needs to be revived. We've rolled right over it with our pride and you know what the Bible said about that? Pride, y'all quiet on me. Pride goes before destruction. And you know what comes with pride? Haughtiness. He said, and a haughty spirit before a fall. I don't need anybody. Haughtiness just means arrogant. Hallelujah. But it needs to be revived. Humility. Now that's a revival. The apostle Paul said, I am the, listen, listen to this. These are powerful men. He said, he said, I am the least of the apostles. Who, who's doing that these days? Who's saying that? Very, you don't hear that. I am, the, I am the least of the apostles. And later on, this great man said, I am the least of all saints in Ephesians 3 and 8. In other words, I'm worse off than anybody here. I'm the worst person here. Hallelujah. My question simply is this. Are you being pressed, pushed, tested? Are you weary in the fight with the enemy? Let, let, me, let me help some of us here just a little bit. Nothing will set you out of the reach of the devil, amen, like genuine humility. I know they don't seem right. No, 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 no. I got to, we like the fighting messages because that's our nature. I've already told you this. I come up with, you know, eight kids in our family, nine counting the, counting the adopted cousin that was here here a couple of weeks back. Amen. So you, you, you didn't get very far by being humble, I used to think a chicken didn't have nothing but a drumstick and a neck. Anybody ever eat the neck? I grew up thinking that, you know. Oh, that's all. No, I remember my brother. He's three years old. I had a bunch of brothers. I was like, you know, I was like third from the last. I did have a sister and a, one brother younger than me, but I had older ones over. And, and you know, you, you go out, when I come up, you go out and kill a couple, catch a couple chickens and kill them. 
You know, you come in from church, Brother Ruck, I come in, my, my mom would say, Charlie, go out and get, y'all got to catch a couple chickens. And they're running wild like y'all. They all, you, have to, you, have to, you have to get them, you know. You have to know how to get them. You have to be quick. Hem them up in a corner. And you catch those chickens. But that platter, when my, when my mom would clean that chicken and cut it all, you, didn't, you know, I didn't know what chicken strips, what's that? Chicken strips? No, it had bones in it, you know. I mean, it was cut up. You just just come out of the yard, you know, and you got the chicken. But that chicken, they wouldn't. My mom was just putting it on the on the table. And my brother, one of my older brothers, especially Jerry, the ones he like he liked the white meat, you know, the dry white, you know. And and, and he'd like reach before she even set it down, and like, oh, that breast is about to fall off. I got to catch it before it falls. I'm about to fall off. We get that. <laughs> And I'm on down a little way, so it got to me, there was nothing. But I used to say that chicken just had wings and running gears. That's all it was, you know, wing. <laughs> they called it Air Force chicken. That's what I got. <laughs> and so a wing or a drumstick or a neck is all I got. I was humble. Now, if I really wanted something else, they made me humble. <laughs> hey, sit down. Hey, get out of the way. I was the small. <laughs> so you learn. How, so it's in our nature. Sister Jan, don't be hitting on me. I hit back. <laughs> but that's not what God, that's not, you know, he said, humble yourself. Listen, listen, this may be funny and it may be simple, but let me tell you what. We know deep down inside, I mean, I just don't know if I could turn the other cheek or not. <sighs> You know why it's not in our nature? You know, uh, I'll tell this on Chad. He didn't know how I was going to do this. Not in my notes. But, but when he proposed to Melissa, you know, he had a talk with Melissa's dad, Jack. And, and so, hey, Harv, he's like the most nonviolent person. He's so much like his mom, isn't it? I can see me in some areas, but but you know, when I finally said, I mean, he's like somebody says he's like his mom. I said, Thank God he's like his mom. Thank God for that. But but you know, Melissa's dad, you know, talked to me and said, you know, would you know, she's my daughter and and but it would Chad hurt her anyway or be violent with her? I said, you know what? I said, you know, Jack, I said, I'm I'm just telling you, that's not a violent bone in his body. He would do everything he possibly can to protect. You know, they say uh, you can tell how a man's going to treat his wife by how he treats his mama. Good indication. Chad hugged on his mama and loved his mama and respected his mama. So I was, I was, uh, you know, I was happy to be able to tell Jack G. I said, you know, he'll protect Melissa. He would, because he told he told Chad. He said, hey, if I ever hear you harming, I have to come up there. <laughs> but see, that's how, that's a man. That's what a man ought to do. I, I, don't make me come up there from Arkansas. But that's what a man ought to do for his daughter. That's what he ought to do. But, that's, but, but see, this turning the other cheek, this going the second, hey, I'm not going a second mile. I'm going to do what I'm supposed to do, uh, what the law requires, and that, I'm going a little while here. But, but you know, no, I'm not, and we stand up against that. But the Holy Ghost revival, the spiritual thing that we pray about, we somehow have to, we're never gonna to get total victory over this flesh, folks. I'm just telling you now. But, but, but we can make some good progress in this. Amen. We don't need to lash out at everybody that walks by. We don't need to disagree with everybody and preach everybody a sermon that walks by. There are times, that's, you know, that's why I respect my wife so much. She won't fight with me. She wins the argument by being silent. That's that is so ladylike to me. I didn't. I don't like it at times, but then I respect it, Brother Thompson. I was like, "Wow, she saved us like a, a you know a knockdown drag out here over something that's not worth a fight." She's taught me so much when it comes to that. But you know, I mean, I came out of a backslider's home, backslidden Pentecostal priest. You can't get worse than that. Not that my dad was a bad dad. I had a good family, but 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 when a when a man knows the truth and preaches the gospel and then goes back into the world. Listen, it was, I realized it was a bad home life to live in and I came up under that. And so my wife has taught me some wonderful things. Like, you know, let's just don't fight about this, all right? Well, let's don't fight, but let's just talk about it. <laughs> I don't want to talk about it either. I mean, I, she cuts me off at the pass, you know. 
nips it in the bud. I'm like, well, okay. And that's when I have to really practice on this thing here. Hallelujah. But I'm trying to help us just a little bit. Amen. But I'm going to say it again. Nothing will set you out of the devil's reach like genuine humility. And I don't think there's a one of us, Sister Carol, that wouldn't like to be out of his reach. He gets me every time I turn around. Will you humble yourself? And what that simply means is I'm not fighting you. Didn't the scripture say, agree with thine adversary quickly in the way? Who, what good, no, no, no. We're gonna let God do the fighting. That's what we're doing. We're gonna, you can't, you can't win fighting the enemy. He's gonna outsmart you. He's been doing what he's been doing for a long time and he's good at it. Don't want to brag on him too much, but it's the truth. So we have to surrender to God, and that's the only time God will step in. As long as we're doing and wielding the sword and doing what we do, then he'll just let us do it. And I tell us this. If there's anything that can bring that calling that you have to the surface and allow the anointing to be recognized by everybody, it is the spirit of humility. Hallelujah. Listen, listen, oh yeah, you can't be elected to this. <laughs> this has to come directly from the hand of God. Amen, I'm talking about a principle in here that God himself had. He was humble, amen. He could have called legions of angels down. He could have took care with one swipe of his hand, the whole Roman Empire, but he chose to be humble and he gave his life. Hallelujah. Listen, speaking of pressure, amen. You don't have to go where the pressure is trying to push you. Just throw that out there for good measure for somebody. Oh, I'm being prayed. You don't have to go there if you learn how to be humble. Our text tells us, except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. Except the Lord keep the city, the watchman waketh but in vain. It will come to naught. Vain is that key word. We're talking about looking at it and paying attention to it. Amen. Much can be done by man. We'll just confess that. Listen, man knows how to split an atom. They're working on cancer cures and AIDS cures and, and, you know, put a rocket to the moon. Listen, men can accomplish a lot of things, amen. And we are impressed by all the inventions and all the accomplishments, but without the Lord, <laughs> he has accomplished nothing, amen. It will all vanish away. It will be gone, hallelujah. And nobody... Not a one of us. Nobody wants to toil and labor and sweat in vain. James 4 and 6 says God resists the proud, but here's what he does. He gives grace unto the humble. So anybody need any grace? I know that I do. He tells you how to do it. We just have to humble ourselves. What do you mean? Stop fighting. Stop bickering. Stop disliking people. And I mean, I'm a, let me just get down to human reasoning with us sometimes. Listen, there's some folks... They're just like a porcupine. You get close to them, they're gonna, you're gonna get stuck. So what do I do? Well, God told us to love people. I can love a porcupine as long as he's over there somewhere and I'm over here. Come on, let's use some wisdom. Let's use some, some of what God gave us here. I've always said this, Brother Johnson, that some folks, you just they rub you wrong. It's a personality thing. It, you know, it's just we're all made different. Wouldn't it, be a, wouldn't it be a boring world if everybody was just alike and everybody believed alike and looked alike? Everybody combed their hair just alike. But we don't have to worry about that. <laughs> calm, I'm getting where I can comb mine with a wash rag. It's combed. It's all coming out. <laughs> Hallelujah. We're all different. Hallelujah. That humility, being humble. Amen. That's going to get us way, way down the road. We need a, we need a revival of humility. Did you hear me? We need a revival. That way God would step in. And those people that like a porcupine, he, oh, I'm so, yeah. But don't, don't be having tea with them every day. Don't have lunch with them every day. Don't set yourself up to get, you know, slapped around and 
beat down. No, don't do that to yourself. How you do that? You just love them from a distance. There may be, listen, I'm not picking on anybody. There may be somebody in this church right here that you're like, ah, yeah. here's what you do with them. You're like, hey, how you doing? Praise the Lord, bless you, I love you. And just keep going. Because you know what? The enemy will lure you right in there and they just that nature, whether they mean it or not. And they'll just, just beating you up, just little remarks. Little, listen, you know, they used to say sticks and stones break my bones, but words, no, words do hurt. I've lost sleep. I done toughened up a little bit. I learned how to deal with it. I've literally lost sleep by what somebody said to me. So what do you do? Man, I love you, bro. Hallelujah. Praise God. <laughs> I'm teaching you right now. Hallelujah. Some of you I could sit down with, cup of coffee, amen. I don't know of anybody that I couldn't, amen. But I kick my shoes off. Hallelujah. You know, God's good. You can do the same thing, but there's some people, you better not do that, not too often anyway. You'd be down in the valley of despair. Let's stand together. I'm talking about building the house. Reading about the late Alan Oggs, talked about him here one night, one Wednesday or one Thursday night. I don't know if you know Alan Oggs. I have a book that probably everybody in this house needs to read. In fact, he's got a couple of books. He was here many years ago. Uh, Alan Oggs, during his birth, uh, pressure on his brain, uh, you know, he, uh, he had cerebral palsy, but because of brain damage during birth, they said the doctor said he just may not live, and then he was, then he lived. And the doctor said he's just going to be a vegetable. Turned out Alan Oggs was very brilliant, bright, very bright, smart. But that that cerebral palsy that he had, it uh, it affected everything: his his walk, his 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 hand and eye movement. Uh, you know, his, his hand. He, he of course he he made he made fun of himself, and his speech was slurred a little bit. But he made statements like, they said, what, how does that? He said, well, I know where that, that spoon full of beans, I know where I want it to go. My mind's telling me, you know, at it, it, lunchtime, that, that's supposed to go right in my mouth. But he said, I might put it in my shirt pocket. You know, he said, it just might, it, or, or, or it might go over his shoulder, and he'd say, oh, food fight, you know. And so it just, it was hilarious. But his story, I, you know, I have teared up reading just stories about Alan Oggs and him being a boy and, and then feeling he's called to preach. And, but one radio uh, interview, the guy said, uh, Brother Oggs, what is it that you would like said at your funeral? What would you like for somebody to say about you when this is all over? He said, I'd like to be remembered as the man who got, who, who got back up or knew how to get up. Because, you know, I get to looking at my little flimsy excuses for not getting this job done and not being a good leader and not knowing how to do this or that. And then I read about Alan Oggs who was just never had any encouragement except by his parents. He didn't even know he was crippled till he was like 10 or 11 years old. And somebody called him a cripple at school. <laughs> it's funny. <laughs> he just lived with what he had and how he, but he wanted to be remembered. Amen. As the man who knew how to get back up because he fell down a lot. And so don't, don't feel bad Amen. If you're if you're down and if you get don't no, just get back up. Proverbs twenty four and sixteen says, For the for though the righteous man falls seven times, they rise again. But the wicked they stumble and calamity strikes. Amen. So there's a there's a getting back up for us. That's how we succeed. A brother asked me that. I kind of used the same thing on one of my brothers once who was always in trouble and, and uh, didn't get to do it too much. But he said, Charlie, how come you made it? Well, I don't think I made it, but I, I was ahead of him. How come you made it and I didn't? 
I said, because I got back up. I got back up. And that's what we have to do. We have to get in a, in a habit of getting back up again. Now, now, this humility thing that we pray for and ask for and believe we need it, because it's the opposite of our pride. Uh, you, the moment you think you have it, <laughs> and you lose it, tricky. Oh, I'm a very humble person. Well, you just lost it. <laughs> it went somewhere. I don't know where it went, but you, you can't brag about being humble <laughs> and be humble. But you can't have true humility and be proud and be out with everybody around and discount folks. You, you can't. It's impossible. Because when you're truly humble, I mean, it, it, it does some things for you that I can't really explain. But the world notices it. Hallelujah. In Exodus 34, 29, I saw a little scripture on that note. Amen. Remember, we need a revival of humility. And what humility does, it, it reminds us that the world and the universe doesn't revolve around us. Humility will drive out a spirit of selfishness. Uh, it's all about me. And the Bible did tell us in the last days there would be people that would be offended. Many would be offended in the Lord. And that means his message and his people ultimately. So you, you, people, people, they, you know, they, they, if you don't tell them what they want to hear, then after a while they get offended. And sometimes it doesn't take long. But in, in, in Exodus 34, 29, the Bible says that Moses wist not that his face shone. First time I noticed that, Brother Ruck. In other words, he came down off of that mountain, had contact with the Almighty God, was in his presence, and didn't even realize it when he came down that his face was aglow. I think a person with true humility they won't even know it. That's like true beauty. You see these, you see these people who, who they're, they're pretty, beautiful ladies, and they know they're pretty. It takes away some of the prettiness and the beauty. Then you see these innocent, beautiful ladies, Brother Harry, and they're just sweet and beautiful, and they don't know they're, they're just oblivious to the fact that they're just gorgeous. And it just adds to the beauty. Hallelujah. I want, to, I want to be humble. I'm not. I'm trying to be, and that's the revival that we have to have. If I'm not humble, then everybody's going to have to cater to me. That's what pride does. And that goes before destruction. That's, what's where that, that's the road that, that's where that leads to. So God, I need a revival. This church needs a revival. This humanity that we're living in here and this flesh that we're living in, we need, a, we need a revival of humility. Amen. Someone said a truly great man has one desire. God, I love this right here. And that is to remain small. Not false humility. I mean, false humility is just pride with another face on it. I'm not talking about just acting humble. I'm talking about Listen, some of y'all don't know this. Some of y'all, maybe maybe, I, maybe most of you do, but we come to the altar around here. We're not in the altar long enough to do a whole lot. This is why people get up from the altar and still don't like you. They still don't like their neighbor. They still don't believe that God or this church at least has enough power to set them free. So they go right back out there doing the same thing. And they do not want a confrontation with God. Let me just tell somebody right here. You want deliverance, get in this altar, and we can dismiss and go home. You just, you, you're not dismissed. If it's somebody you don't like and you can't stand, amen, if it's just something, you know, you know, you'll know where you are in most cases. You just need to stay here and have this deep, deep repentance. And just tell God, just like Jacob, like I, I'm not letting you go until you bless me. That's when you get somewhere with God. Hallelujah. Someone noted, and I'm trying to close, that Jesus, you know, the Bible says mark that perfect man. Y'all want the truth? 
Amen. Jesus' weapon of choice was a towel and a wash basin. He could have chosen a sword. We could tell him how the cow ate the cabbage or the cat ate the whoever, whoever ate it. We can let them know because I'm a Bible teaching machine. I'm a preacher. I just preach the bark off of this platform up here. No, 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 that won't get it. No, no, that, that's really not. That's promoting self. I can get y'all trained enough. If I got your brainwashed enough, I could do my hand just right and some of y'all just lay out over here. Ah. And the people are like, ooh, look how powerful he is. I don't want that. I want to be humble enough that God's power will move in. Amen. In spite of us and help you and bless you and put your feet on the highway of holiness. What does that mean? That means you just look around and you start loving everybody. Woo. You start looking around. Some people think this is the greatest church. Their brain, what? God did it, not me. Oh, what a wonderful church. That's what, that's what the spirit of humility Hallelujah. Praise God. You can't be offended and have humility at the same time. The spirit of offense and humility are at the opposite ends of the spectrum. Hallelujah. Glory. Feel the Holy Ghost right now. Not having a runaway. Praise God. Hallelujah. If Jesus chose a wash basin and a towel, I think he's saying something to us. Nobody's shouting. I don't feel like shouting either. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Glory. Thank you, Jesus. I remember my daddy many years ago telling me a story about not getting paid for preaching a revival. Had no money before my time. Out in Texas somewhere, a bunch of people got the Holy Ghost, a bunch of people got healed. And he left, didn't get paid. And I said, it, it angered me. I said, Dad, what did you do? He said, well, son, I mean, I... Honestly, I'd been dealing with you. You tell if a person's upset and aggravated and frustrated, it ain't going right, and it's always and it's always their fault. Listen, if we don't learn how to deal with this ourselves, you're always gonna have it. If it's Sister Jan's problem, how, how can I help this? And the devil can always convince me that it's her problem, and Sister High End's problem, and somebody else. We're not having revival here because they, you know, it's always they. I'm not getting, listen, it ain't nothing about them. Until I learn that and say, you know, I got a problem here. I never can get it fixed. But as soon as I say, you know what, God, this, it's, it's me. I'm the guy. Then I can get somewhere. I feel like we're getting somewhere right now. Y'all are wonderful. Hallelujah. I've rambled a little bit. Amen. But the spirit of the Lord's in this house. Amen. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not trying to get you to shout and clap and make a lot of noise. I just want something supernatural to get in your spirit and get in your heart and change the way you look at stuff. I'm telling you, folks, those of you right now in this room, you just see an impossible situation. Let me tell you something. You get down here and pray long enough or wherever you get down and quit playing games with God. And when you finally get up, all of that impossible stuff that just ain't happening and ain't gonna happen and I done lost faith in everybody that I look at. Let me tell you something. When you pray right and don't quit, you know, you know when I pray for other folks, you know what God does for me? A lot of times, he just leaves them just like they are. Oh, God, help them. They got problems. You know. No, 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 no. God touches me and leaves them just, and he helps me see them different. That ain't what we want. We want them because it's their fault. No, 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 no. It ain't them. It is not them. 
but my dad said, no, son, I, you know, I, you know, that's just water under the bridge. And, and I just never went back to preach for that guy. That's about the strongest thing he said about it. I just, I just never went back to preach for that fellow. That was the end of it. We let the enemy bother us and bug us. Altar. I'm, I'm, I'm going I'm to be the bishop just a minute. We say we want the victory. Some of y'all don't want the victory. I'm just going to say this and just get off of it. I'm not going to be mean-spirited. Quit telling me you want victory if you won't come to the altar and you won't stay here until Sunday. Either you don't want victory or you don't believe God. Oh, I've got that. No, you don't. It's like Brother Nugent used to say, the guy used to say, I want to come to your church. He said, no, you don't. What do you mean? Yes, I I said, no. He said, if you wanted to come to church, that's what you'd do. I want victory. Well, there's victory available. Did Did God change his mind? Did God say, oh, it's just for a few? No. He said, whosoever will. Sir, that means you, ma'am. That means you. So quit telling me you want something and then your actions tell me a whole different story. Listen, I, was, I might have been born at night, but I wasn't born last night. And you shall know them by their fruit. That means what people, you, what see, you see people doing. Their actions are gonna tell you what they really are and who they really are. I'm telling you, he is Jesus, amen. God Almighty is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And that means if he's ever healed anybody, then he'll heal you. That means if he's ever delivered anybody from drugs and alcohol, he didn't quit doing that. That means if he's the same yesterday, that means he still will do that. Oh, and I'm going to accept. No, you're not. I said, God, I choose to believe God. There's some miracles about to happen, but it's going to happen when folks get their mind right. And I've gotten in the altar. I felt like the church is just falling apart. Y'all know, y'all know I, told, I, I told a story. I preached it from the pulpit. The enemy got a hold of me. I got to listen to the enemy, and I thought, ain't nobody here going to be saved. I'd been here 12 or 13 years and had this many people or more at that time. And the enemy told me, he said, listen, and he acted like he was God. That's how he does. If God came back, if I came back, ain't nobody here to be saved. Nobody's saved here. All of this in vain. And I got to believe in it. It ain't no, everybody's hypocrites. No, everybody's human. Everybody makes mistakes. Everybody messes up every once in a while. But I finally prayed through. And I got up and looked around. It wasn't, the church hadn't changed. People the same. Some wouldn't pay tithes. <laughs> Some wouldn't come to the altar. But I looked at the church and I'm like, Sister Allison, I'm like, oh my goodness, look what God's blessed us with. Wonderful people, beautiful people, potential, amen, revivalist. And no telling what's going to happen here. That's the difference. So we need to get our our head out of the sand, so to speak, or out of the clouds, whichever it might be, amen, and come right here, amen, and let God put his hand on us. Jesus' name, Jesus' name, you have wonderful people, God, precious people, people who do love you in their own way. I refuse the enemy's message. I, I refuse to hear his discouraging words. Somebody needs to hear me. Amen. You need a little talk with Jesus. Amen. And be sincere. Quit playing games with him. Amen. I want to serve you. I want to be productive in your kingdom. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. Let a spirit of humility. Amen. Come upon me right now. In the name of Jesus. That's a prayer. I repent of my sins. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. God, touch us right now. We thank you, Lord. We believe you, Lord. We trust you. We believe in you. In the name of the Lord Jesus. In the name of the Lord Jesus. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Woo. Glory. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Victory in the house. I said there's victory in the house. Hallelujah. 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 Hate to let you go. Hate to let you go. I know it's, 
getting on around there. I'm making a habit of this. Preached too long last week. Jeez, I don't take any of it back though. Hallelujah. Jesus name. Don't forget, don't forget to support the fundraiser lunch back here. There's some who've worked very hard putting all that together. Don't just walk out the door. Amen. Do something. Help them. Amen. Make some money. Hallelujah. God.